this is Alan Cook with my Mother's Day edition of How Great Shall Be My Joy, my podcast on member missionary work and all things connected to that that make us uh, happier and bring more joy. I am delighted today to do an episode called My Missionary Mother. I am very happy to talk about her and the great person that she is and the efforts that she's put out in her life to help other people find more joy. As I wrote down some thoughts a few minutes ago, I thought I would start by talking about her heritage. Her name, pre-marriage, is Martha Horntingi. She was named after her grandmother, Martha Horntingi, who at the age of 24 was asked to serve as a board member on the general board of the Young Women's Mutual Improvement Association for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Sister Tingi served there for 24 years as a board member of that organization and then was asked to be the president of the organization where she served for another 25 years. So one of the great things about having a missionary mother is that they have a tremendous or tend to have a tremendous heritage. And my mom knows who she is and comes from a wonderful heritage. It not only came from her grandmother, it came from her mother herself. Her name is Helga Augusta Elizabeth Pedersen Tingi. And Helga was a missionary in the Eastern States Mission many years ago. And Elder James E. Talmadge of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles came out and toured the mission. My grandmother helped him in some kind of secretarial role while he was touring the mission. And after he went back to Utah, he called the mission president and said, we need to release Sister Tingi early. I need a personal secretary. So they released my grandmother early from her mission. She went back to Salt Lake City, and I guess did not go see Elder Talmadge or report to his office for three or four days. When she finally went in there, he simply said, where have you been? I've been uh, waiting for you to come here. I need you to, to help me out. So she comes from a very strong heritage of, of women who served and served willingly and served very well. One of the stories that's out there had to do with an assignment Elder Talmadge was given back in the, around 1920, to proofread the Book of Mormon and to realign it with chapters and verses, I guess a little bit differently than the prior editions. So my grandmother was asked to help him do that. As they went through and proofread some things, my grandmother found a typo in Ether 10 and 16, there's a guy named Coram, C-O-R-O-M. I think in the British version of the Book of Mormon, it was spelled C-O-R-U-M, and my grandmother picked up on this. Coram was a righteous man, and I technically deserve to have his name spelled correctly. Well, she spotted that error, brought it to the attention of the general authorities, and was told, if I remember right, by the president of the church at the time, that he could, there, you know, there's nothing we can do that can thank you enough for bringing this to our attention. So she comes from a wonderful heritage of people who served and were happy to serve in some very important callings and assignments in the church. Um, my grandmother went on to get married at the age of 35. She had three children and one miscarriage. The youngest of those three kids is my mom. Uh, 
Um, so missionaries tend to have a pretty good heritage in their background. They also tend to have some talent. My mother was a pianist from a young age, got a master's degree in music performance from Brigham Young University. And while attending school there, she accompanied Crawford Gates, the noted composer um, and musician who went on to be the uh, conductor of the Detroit Symphony. Um, she would play the piano for the BYU choirs when Crawford Gates led the choirs. And did a wonderful job, obviously, but she has a bunch of talent, especially in the musical area, and has gone on to teach not only her children, she has 11 children, but about 56, a good chunk of the 56 grandkids, how to play the piano. Um, some of my siblings have kids who for years have gone over to my mom's house, and my mom has continued to teach her wonderful posterity how to play the piano and does it very, very well. So she is a lady who has some talent and uses that talent to bless the lives of other people. That's exactly what missionaries do. She has a missionary zeal. Um, at the age of 70, approximately 70, she and her husband, Neil Rosenbaum, uh, volunteered to serve a mission for the church. They were called to Lon London, England, and she was thrilled to go out there and do that. I think um, as she got serving in, in the London area, she would work with a lot of inactive people and try to help reactivate them. I think if you had left it up to my mom, she would have gotten on top of a milk box or milk carton in Hyde Park at Speaker's Corner and probably would have preached, you know, hellfire and damnation to everybody unless they read the Book of Mormon. I mean, she is that fired up about the restoration of the gospel. Um, not only is she an excellent example of a missionary on this side of the veil, but she also understands how important the work is to do on the other side of the veil. My mother has, over a number of years, indexed over 400,000 names so that they could have their work done in the temple. Indexing, as I understand it, I've never done it myself, but as I understand it, is the process of going through birth records, church rolls, handwritten stuff, let's say from England, you know, a long time ago, that's on microfilm, and taking that information and typing it into a computer so that it can get into the system and work can be done for those people. Um, 400,000 names boggles my mind. That is just the amount of work in one aspect that she has done for people on other sides on the other side of the veil. So it's missionary work on both sides of the veil. She's a great example of doing that. Um, one thing missionaries have to do, they have to overcome challenges. I have been so impressed with the full-time missionaries that have come through the Bethesda Ward here in the Washington, D.C. stake, where I now serve as a ward mission leader. I've been so impressed with their dedication, their stick to their optimism, and their willingness to serve regardless of what the world throws at them. In the last 18 months, it's been a pandemic. They've had their food supply cut off because for a while, members of the church couldn't take meals over to them or have them over for a meal because of the quarantine issues. Um, we've had missionaries sent here to the Washington area who were originally supposed to go to Fiji, 
who were called to Slovakia and learned the Slovakian language and then were not able to stay there, had to come here and be reassigned. We've had missionaries from our ward be called to South America, Brazil, for example, went to the MTC, I think in Mexico City, learned the language, went to Brazil, and a few months later were reassigned to Salmon, Idaho, where they lived in a trailer on the stake president's ranch and worked with people up in Idaho. And a number of months later, were reassigned back to Brazil and are now back in Brazil speaking Spanish and working with the people there. When I was called as a full-time missionary over 40 years ago, they, they assigned me to Missouri and they left me there. One call, one assignment, two years later, I'm back home. These folks are getting reassigned and facing new challenges, new cultures, in a way that we haven't seen before, and they stick to it and continue to serve with smiles on their faces. I'm really impressed with the dedication of these missionaries, and I'm also impressed with the dedication that my mother has shown in her life by doing the same thing. Come what may, she won't let go of the rod. You could pay her to let go of the rod, and she would ignore your request. She's not interested in that. She knows her heritage, she faces challenges, and she overcomes them. Um, on the last family home evening that we had in our home before, my, before I left on my mission, back in 1977, my dad read to us the 38th chapter of Alma. My dad was a religion professor at BYU, and he read us Alma the Younger's counsel to his son Shiblon. One of the things that Shiblon's dad told him was how proud he was when he was, was um, put in bonds and was stoned, but still did not forsake the work. Um, I don't know of anybody who served as a missionary in my life who's been put in bonds and has been stoned, but um, hanging in there and continuing with your calling is a, is a critical thing for missionary to do. Member missionaries, as well as others, even though we don't technically have the official calling that way as a member missionary, but the stick to of not giving up is uh, important to be a successful member missionary. My mom was a widow at the age of 47. At that time, she had 10 children at home, and I was in Missouri on my mission. I'd been out about nine months. Um, she has since sent nine more of her 11 children on missions, and collectively we have served all over the world. All 11 kids have been married in the temple. We've had two divorces in our family, and one of those resulted in a, in a temple remarriage. So she has a tremendous um, track record with her family, and she, she understands the importance of family in missionary work and focuses on it and helps good things happen in that regard. She was remarried around the age of 56 and has now had a very successful second marriage. She's now 90 years old. I think the first marriage, she was married for about 22 years. This second marriage, she's been married for about 32 years, 33 years approximately. And at the age of 90, she still cooks a full breakfast for her husband and makes three meals a day. 
and for others, of which I've been one on many occasions, I feel like I'm eating at a you know Marriott Hotel buffet whenever I go and visit my mom and stay with her. Um, I can't eat all the food that's always put on the table. And she simply has a remarkable ability to serve other people, both figuratively and literally. Um, many people would give their right arm to say that they have had one very successful marriage in their life and that it lasted for say 30 or 40 years. My mother has had two, which says something about her ability to be a good companion and to be able to work things out with different people on a 24-7 schedule. It's quite a remarkable thing to watch and to observe and again, her longevity and her dedication to the things that are most important to her make a difference in her life and other people's lives. Also a condition or a quality of a successful member missionary. Um, missionaries, as you know, love the scriptures. They spend a good deal of time studying the scriptures. Uh, my mother is the same way. When she learned few years ago, she learned that Elder Bruce R. McConkie had a practice of reading the entire Standard Works every year. He would go through the entire Standard Works and read them all. My mother thought, well, if he can do that as a general authority, I can probably do that myself. Well, she has read the entire Standard Works through, sometimes twice in a year. I think she's on her 10th trip through the Standard Works. And I always love to ask her about a trivia question from the scriptures or something she's read in the scriptures recently that stood out to her. She always has something special to say. So missionaries love the scriptures. My mother is no exception and sets a wonderful example for all of her children and grandchildren and others by her love of the scriptures. She's recently been fascinated by Hugh Nibley's works. I have a sister who supplies my mom with with various books that, that Brother Nibley wrote. And my mother is just fascinated with what he says and the language that he uses and the footnotes that he has and the depth of the knowledge that is behind all of his writings. Um, she loves to read his books. She loves to read his works. And is fascinated by it. So as a little bit of a recap and on this Mother's Day of 2021 and a little bit of a tribute to my own mom, um, good missionaries, good full-time missionaries, good member missionaries tend to focus on six or seven things. One, they love to serve. Two, they focus on families and keeping families together. Three, they're happy which she is. Fourth, they know the scriptures and they get their strength from the scriptures. Five, they love the temple. I'll come back in a minute and tell you a concluding story about that. Six, they know their role. Um, one of the great statements I heard my mother say in her life was a statement she made at her mission farewell prior to leaving to London. She stood there at the pulpit. She talked about the house of Israel and what their responsibilities were. And then she paused in her talk, took off her glasses, set them on the podium, and basically stared down the audience and simply said, brothers and sisters, 
who are we? And then she answered her own question by saying, we are Ephraim, and it is our job to gather Israel and to lead. A very powerful statement that I will always remember. She knows who she is, she knows what her calling is, and she does her best to fulfill her role. And finally, um, great missionaries are obedient. They they read the white handbook if you're a full-time missionary. They keep the commandments or do their best to keep the commandments if you're a member missionary. And that obedience brings forth blessings. And it has certainly been the case in my mother's life. I'll close with one last little story here where it talks about how, how she loves the temple. Um, I set a goal back in January of 2017 to go to the temple twice a month and ideally to make it different temples. So I started by going to the Manhattan, New York temple. I'd never been in there, and I went and did an endowment session there. And then I thought, well, I might as well go to my home temple, Washington, D.C. temple. And I had been you know, to the D.C. temple many times, but I'd not been to the Manhattan temple. So when I went to the temple in Manhattan, I had a stranger across the street just stop and take a photo of me in front of that temple. And I came home and framed it and put it on my wall. I put it up on my wall because I didn't have a lot of spiritual stuff on my bedroom walls. So I thought, well, that's, that'll make a spiritual statement, you know, so I'll put it up there. Then I went to the DC temple, same thing. Uh, had a picture taken outside and put it up there. Since 2017 and before the pandemic started, I, had, I was right on track. I had been to 71 temples, uh, 68 of them in the United States, two in Mexico, one in Canada. I have been to other temples aside from those 71 in different parts of the world, but I decided to just start fresh in 2017. Well, when I started doing this, one of the things that would be easy to do would be to go to temples in Utah when I went out to visit my mother and family. My mom quickly caught hold of this goal. I think the I think the fourth temple that I went to, maybe even the third one I went to, was the Payson Temple, which is in my, which is my mother's temple district. And whenever I'd go to Utah, she would get excited to go visit another temple with me. I think she has been to 11 temples with me since that time. And on her birthday a couple of years ago, I told her, this was in mid-December, I said, I'm going to fly out there for a day and we'll just do whatever you want to do on your birthday. You just let me know what it is. I'll pay for it. We'll go have a good time. So I flew out there. I said, what would you like to do? And she said, without any hesitation, she said, I want to go to the Vernal Temple, the Vernal Utah Temple. And I said, well, you've been there before, haven't you? And she said, yes. And she said, but you haven't. And so my mother's birthday was all about helping me work on one of my goals, which of course I loved. I said, Mom, are you sure? Is this what you want to do for your birthday? Of all the things you can do? She goes, yep, I'm positive. This is what I want to do. So we hopped in the car, the two of us. We drove 163 miles east and a little bit north and went to the Vernal Utah Temple. It was a wonderful experience. We did a session there in the temple. We, I took her to lunch afterwards. We hopped back in the car and drove back home. You know, 163 miles one way with just you and your mother is a great journey for anybody to take anytime. You know, and not to mention the joy of turning around and coming back for another 163 miles. 
it was a wonderful day in my life and just illustrates how really good missionaries and really good moms focus on what's important to the people they're with more so than what's important to them and their own personal agenda. It's the spirit of service and it works and it shows other people through your actions that you care about what is important to them. It's the Ammon concept of guard the sheep and teach them later because if you guard the sheep, they'll listen. So I end with that with a big thank you to my wonderful mom who is 90 years old and has done a tremendous job her whole life serving her family, being a missionary, helping other people, and I'm delighted to have her be the focus of this latest podcast episode. I hope you enjoy it, and happy Mother's Day to all of the moms, all of the adult women out there, with children or not, grandchildren or not, thank you for all you do, for your great example. You are God's greatest creation, in my opinion. He did save the best for last. Have a great day, everybody, and happy Mother's Day. Thank you.